hand him to the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. Uh, and and if there's the music from Danny at any point in there, I hope no one's sitting around me, and I better not be holding the popcorn because the popcorn will go flying in the air as I squee like a schoolgirl. Hello, everyone. We are live here in the spoiler room. Thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair, grabbing your favorite drink, and sharing movie spoilers with us as we talk uh, Evil Dead, Deaduary it is, and we're talking films that have Evil Dead in the title but do not belong to the <laughs> Sam Raimi franchise. Yes. And yet they kind of... <laughs> And yet they all have that evil dead in them. The Raimi evil dead makes its way into these unconnected movies. I know. How did I, you do it? <laughs> I, I know. I love it. I, I love it. I really do. And uh, yeah, tonight we, we go back to another horror of 1988. Oh, throwback to last year. This one is evil dead trap. 1988. And with me tonight, as always, the man who keeps coming back for more. And I'm surprised he uh, he's here tonight. <laughs> After after this film, uh, <laughs> I, I told you it's really helping my diet because I didn't want to eat after after watching this movie. <laughs> well, like that's what I again. that's what I mean. I figured maybe you'd still be in the bathroom retching or something. I don't <laughs> I don't know. But yes, Mr. Ian Simmons, those dulcet tones are with us tonight. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Um, yeah. It's I'm glad that we had the the half hour Patreon show talking about Super Bowl commercials because I feel like that's gonna be. <laughs> Some of the last laughs we have this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about this morbid, crazy, weird film, which I, I dug for the most part, but man, it's and, it's rough. And and I apologize. I had well, actually, no, I don't apologize. I completely don't apologize for not warning you ahead of time of what type of film this was. Well, uh, it's it's weird because you you kind of did last week, but mm -hmm. The way and I didn't know I didn't look anything up about yeah. it or whatever. I just put it on, you know. Mm -hmm. I think last week you had said that it was going to be because last week we talked about Shaolin versus Evil Dead, right, which is right. a delightful, like crazy action comedy, you know, film. Um, and you said, well, this next movie is going to be decidedly different in tone. It's going to be like heavier and more serious. So I thought it was going to be like a weird supernatural drama, but no, it's just a straight up like mean horror torture movie. Yeah, wow. extreme Asian horror film, uh, classic amongst many circles. Uh, in all honesty, this was my first time watching it. Uh, I watched I watched the sequel, Evil Dead Trap Two, for a screener because Unearthed uh, Unearthed Films, uh, which distributes a lot of rare and unusual, usually extreme, not always horror films. Uh, sent me a screener for Evil Dead Trap 2, which is a sequel in title only. Um, uh, but it does involve a reporter as well, but completely different story 
all together. It was like, it kind of like, I think intended to be more of like a series title, you know, evil dead trap to, you know, you know, you know, kind of like to where, you know, it's going to have some extreme kills and horror in it. And at one point, supernatural elements will work their way into it or some kind of weird ending. It it looks like that's what they were going for. Now, having watched the first one um, and watching the second one, it looks like that's kind of what they were trying to go with with it. I'm not 100% sure on it, but this one, yeah, had a reputation of being a bit extreme, and uh, it is. So go ahead, Ian. What's the synopsis of Evil Dead Trap? Thanks. Um, (laughs) Nothing but love. Nothing but love. (laughs) It's it's a fascinating premise because this is another one of those movies that came out long before you had the rise of sort of, um, you know, the girl power, you know, strong mm-hmm. empowered woman uh, character movement in, you know, the last 10 years. This is from 1988 and it centers on four, uh, the, the member, the four person team of TV journalists. You've got like a, a host, a producer, I think a stylist, mm-hmm. uh, someone else, and then they're like their their male, uh, you know, associate producer guy. Yeah. Oh, well, he's or associate director, producer, I think. yeah, yeah, assistant director. Yeah, they are. They go out to this abandoned building in the middle of nowhere to investigate this series of videotapes that the um, host, the the kind of prime time news program host, keeps getting, and there's scenes of like brutal torture intercut with images of her from her news broadcasts uh, and nobody at the station wants to put invest any time or money into it so they kind of go rogue and these five people go out there themselves and uh, run afoul of the very uh, horrors and tortures that they <laughs> were you know previewed on the uh, on these cassettes I'm having trouble articulating what this movie is because takes so many weird twists and turns that like describing it i was like oh yeah that happened in this movie (laughs) (laughs) like by the time you get to the end there's no way you could put it you know like draw a straight line back to how it all started um which is kind of the genius of it but also you know it changes um tempo drastically yeah it Um, does Mm-hmm. It starts off as like a, a supernatural movie, then it becomes like a full-on gruesome, like slasher-style movie, and then it just drops off into sort of nothingness for like forty-five minutes, and then it comes back for this crazy whiz-bang climax, and then a bizarre Friday the Thirteenth ending, uh, mixed with like Basket Case. How do you find these things, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I just I travel in different circles than you do, sir. Apparently, <laughs> all those circles are winding down into hell. I uh, I appreciate the ride, but I'm You're like, I, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Um, I I kind of do what to expect going into it, just because of the reputation of the film. Even though I hadn't seen it, I had seen people talk about it, and uh, going into it, I did not expect it to be such an amalgamation of of other horror films. I mean, it does it does live up to that whole evil dead kind of idea that they're, they're playing off of. At least that's how it was marketed to the U S evil dead trap. Um, you know, because evil dead had, it was, was taking off. Um, but you do actually have evil dead vision in here at one point, Mm -hmm. literally similar to 
what we saw in Evil Dead when the evil force is traveling through the woods. You get that here, only it's in black and white. But there is a a it. We learn later it's not necessarily a spirit. It's it's a spirit yet maybe creature. It's it's hard to say. Uh, but yeah, you've got that in here. You've got uh, a. a your slasher in here, kind of your Friday the 13th, where you get a character, a masked character who, who's offing people uh, with, uh, you know, uh, sharp pointy objects and such. <laughs> um, and and with the aid of the supernatural, kind of. I mean, Kind of, right. There's the bit where the one girl, she opens up a closet door and this corpse falls out and she, like, throws herself back against a wall and immediately... Like all of these, like large spikes come out of the floor and out of the wall and the ceiling. That didn't look like a trap. It almost looked like, again, like a supernatural guided thing to to skewer her. Because I don't know how the hell you'd set something like that up. It wasn't like spring loaded. Um, <laughs> no, but it that, that was that was the kind of interesting element of because at the end of it, we're having trouble kind of articulating what the hell this is this spirit or whatever it is is right. about because it's very ambiguous. Um, the nearest I can think of it was almost like a, like one of those in utero, utero you know, twins. Than and one right. What was that movie that came out last year? Malignant. The malignant. I didn't yeah. see it, but I know the the twist and all. Right. That. Yeah. It, 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 it was, was very like much. That. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much like malignant, and it, that's what's funny is you watch Evil Dead Trap from 1988, and it's like you could pick it, pick out a number of things that you would see later on pop up in other horror films after it. Like, you know, like this film had some impact, some, some, I would like to think some inspirational impact on some future horror filmmakers and writers. It, it had to have, because there, there's no way you get a film like this with this much similarity to other films later that after it came out, you know, it, it's, it, and while they're not, uncommon themes in here it's just the way some things are even framed and shot and even some of the kills you're just like like when you watch an alfred hitchcock movie you're like wow okay i think i see where a couple of those influences originated from and not in a bad way i'm just saying that this film has a lot of that in it oh yeah i mean like um the ring Mm -hmm. You got the the weird VHS tapes, but more specifically, some of those black and white shots you mentioned, they had that kind of like highly, you know, washed out, overexposed black and white uh, to them. And you've got the disturbing kind of unrelated images, a lot of eyeball stuff. Uh, I mean, I know The Ring was adapted from a novel right. you know, several mm -hmm. years after this, but... I almost got the feeling that the author of that book might have seen Evil Dead Trap <laughs> and been like, "Hey, this could be this be make a great book." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because our late night host uh, Nami, it's a late late host, uh, and she she shows videos that uh, tapes that viewers send in, and that's how she she was smart enough. Which which again, this is what I thought was interesting is here we have a journalist who knows not to show the murder tape that she was sent on air. She's gotten a few of these apparently, and, and she's chosen not to show it on air. Only this one seemed a little more personal because it's intercut with images of her. Um, so I kind of liked that angle 
with it. But you're right with the VH with the VHS tape or three quarter inch. She literally had a three quarter inch deck. I was like, oh man, this is definitely showing its age. Uh, but yeah, there's a little bit of ring in there. Uh, like we mentioned, basket case later on when you get to the wildly bizarre, like, oh, I think it's just a spirit talking. Nay, nay, it's not a spirit <laughs> talking. No, no, it's this being that's living inside this one guy who you think is, you know, who is trying to be kind of an ally to our main final girl, uh, Nami. Uh, but there's a little bit of, there's split in here going yeah. on. Uh, there's so much other horror films that come later. I saw in this one, it was just, it was boggling. It was really. <laughs> right. I mean, it's talking about Friday the 13th. Well, I'll get specifically to mm -hmm. what I was talking about at the, when we talk about the end, but I'm sure this character is a trope in other movies, but I always just go back to Friday the 13th, the final chapter, because it's the first time I really like saw it. But sure. he reminded me of the character of Rob, who was the mm -hmm. this kind of survivalist guy that he's out looking for his sister who would turn out was butchered in part two. In this movie, he just kind of shows up in this abandoned, how was it, a school or a factory? What no, the hell it was, it was, place? it was a, I think it was like a government facility. They, and and this is the thing is it's not outlined in here. You don't get a lot of expo exposition of like say origin of what's going on, but there's some implications going on if you kind of pay attention. One is where this place is, this location that they deem uh, where this guy was doing the killings uh, is on a map, and even uh, the condo, the one guy of the group says. In this, this is supposed to be an empty field, and instead, right. it's this whole facility, almost like a government facility. There's a warning sign on the outside that said, "Government, don't you know, don't let you in." Um, <clears throat> and then later on, when we meet the one guy who says he's looking for his brother, who spoiler everyone, spoiler spoiler everyone. <laughs> Though you can kind, of, you can kind. It's it's in the title of our show, folks. Uh, you know, it, you see it kind of coming that uh, he, it, you know, he's one in the same who he's looking for isn't himself. And so he's got this mutation a la basket case that's growing inside him that makes him do bad things. Um, it almost, the way I pick, pieced it together in my own head as I watch it is this was a secret government facility. This guy was a, a victim of an experiment that was left behind when the facility was abandoned or whatnot. And that creature that was with him is uh, some kind of mutant uh, that was designed from experiments done at that facility that they're at, which wasn't anywhere on the map. That's what I gathered from it. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing when, because you don't know what kind of movie this is when you're starting out. No, right? no. Especially when you think Evil Dead, you think, oh, it's all supernatural. So when they showed up in a condo, yeah, his name was, he was like, this place isn't supposed to be here. I thought, ooh, it's like a, a haunted <laughs> place. And at the end, they're going to find out that there was, no, there was never a building here. Um, but no, the, picking up on what you were talking about, given this is 88, mm -hmm. so, you know, the whole idea, like later on, um, was it Nari? Was that her name? Uh, Nami. 
Nami, okay. <laughs> Nami discovers, you know, sort of the lair of this, uh, you know, th these weird twins or brothers. And there's pictures kind of nailed to the wall of uh, a mom and one little boy, even though the guy keeps referring to, you know, he's looking for his younger brother who's always causing trouble. Um, I'm placing this, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe the mother was like a victim of like Hiroshima radiation or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. From, you know, it would have been, you mm -hmm. know, 40 plus years ago. That might put it just around the same age as this guy and maybe this this thing that was growing inside. So perhaps that was, uh, she was like a, you know, studied at this facility and I don't know what happened. The baby developed psychic powers as it grew within <laughs> its womb slash brother so it was growing inside the brother inside the mom wow this yes is, <laughs> yes this is a nesting this is a nesting doll of terror <laughs> a nesting doll of terror yeah which which makes him dress up as uh the guy who would become the inspiration of i don't i know what you did last summer killer um because <laughs> he kept reminding me of it when i said i'm like where's your hook man um, well, there's also a bit of the, um, like the, the Prowler, I guess. The Prowler, the yeah, yeah. movie, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's weird kind of like full hooded face. And yeah, it's and it's great because some of the deaths, like I kind of mentioned, feel supernaturally inspired. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them are, you know, straight up, you know, slasher kills. And there's this one, maybe you can help me out with this, because mm -hmm. after the movie was over, I realized, oh, wait, there was that weird guy in the Jeep. Oh what, yeah, how was he? How was he connected? Because one of well, the one of the uh, team, she actually escapes and makes it outside the facility. Once they realize, you know, all hell's breaking loose, she goes to the jeep and she's about to get away when she's attacked from some guy in the back seat, who we think, oh, he's just going to choke her to death. But then we cut away and there's like several scenes, and then we cut back to the jeep and he's in the process of forcefully having his way with her and. It's goes yeah. on for way too long. <laughs> yeah, it is such an uncomfortable. It, I mean, it's supposed to be, but it did not need to. But this 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 rape scene goes on way too long. Um, but well, it's this, also like there's a sex scene earlier on that also goes on for you know way too long, and you start wondering like, am I gonna see everything? Because that's kind of where this is going. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, I don't know if attitudes have changed that much in terms of international cinema, but it just seems like the kind of thing. Oh yeah, it was the '80s, but you're not going to show that stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite. No, not, not like that. I don't think. Um, yeah, the love scene between uh, uh, Rye and uh, Kondo, who we we find out he tried he tried to they tried to hook up earlier, as the kids would say, uh, but he was too drunk and couldn't get it up. And then when they get scared, they're in this facility and suddenly, oh, hey, he's inspired <laughs> after saving her from uh, uh, almost getting hurt. And so they decide, yeah, you know what? This is a perfect time in this grubby factory room area that definitely just is not. Yeah, that did not it remind <laughs> It reminded me of the scene from, that we've talked about from Slaughter High, where the couple yes. is in the abandoned high school and they do it on the bed that gets electrocuted. I was just yes. waiting for that. <laughs> I was too. I well, I was waiting for the killer because we're like, you get the classic. Okay, you've got two people having sex now, so where's your killer to come out and and kill them? Your morality plays slasher, but it doesn't play out like that. They actually, you know, get through the act with no problem. Although. Uh, 
uh, he's is dealing with her jacket, which got dirty because because to go figure the place is filthy, um, and he's trying to clean it. I I got a trip out of that, but it, it's interesting because these these characters. What I liked is these characters felt at least a little bit more than just fodder, killer fodder. These characters are our characters. We spend a little bit of time with them to get to know them. They aren't just your, oh, they're ready to be killed. You know, they give a little backstory with this group on how uh, Nami is fighting to keep her show on the air. There's a commentary later on about how they're in a unique show and that they have an all-female production crew, which they said people used to have an interest in, but don't anymore. So they're making a little commentary. I mean, there's bits and pieces as we go along, even with the bizarre and the strange horror shit, that gives these characters at least a little bit more to it than just, oh, they're just victims in waiting. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's the that's the other thing that's kind of refreshing to see is they're all adults. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't necessarily always make the best decisions, like, you know, having sex in the middle of this abandoned government facility um, when there's weird stuff going on. But, uh, yeah, it, it also, the sexual politics isn't a thing. Like, it's mentioned, but, mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning, but it's mentioned in a way that it's not like there's the chauvinist boss who's like, we're never going to let four chicks put together a news program. It's, we, you know, the public was interested in it for a while, and now they're interested in something else. So they felt like they had to do something kind of extreme to keep their their jobs. That's an angle I haven't really seen in, you know, mm -hmm. movies that kind of tackle these sort of, you know, gender politics. And it was a very apolitical kind of movie. Um, I loved that the girl who escapes, even though horrible things happen to her after she gets out, it's not predictable what happens to her because there's a scene where all four or five, I think four of them at that point were running down this corridor and then there's sort of an avalanche and the mm -hmm. one girl she's like running ahead and there's like a mini avalanche and then more stuff falls so typically she would get like caved in and crushed and horribly killed because she split off from the group but because she split off from the group she was able to get outside yeah and so that was like <laughs> okay now I, I now I don't know where this story is going because when she gets outside, it's still daylight out, and you feel like, oh, she's going to get away, and maybe it's the thing where she comes back later with the authorities, but it's too late because all this horrible stuff has happened. But no, it just keeps taking these these great escalatory turns, and yeah, it was it was really cool. Yeah, it it does, and that's that's what I really liked. I mean, you you have your shock factor in the beginning when we see the tape from Nami. Uh, you know, we see this really, oh. really <laughs> brutal kill um this torture kill which it, it ends up the girl in the video that's getting killed and tortured uh that nami watches that's a corpse that shows up later on that scares the girl who gets skewered um but it is it is it is disturbing there's if you don't like eye things happening don't 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 watch because this <laughs> it's the it's the clinical it's the clinical nature of this kill because I've yeah. seen movies where people get, you know, stuff shoved in their eyes or whatever mm -hmm. or shot and it's just like, oh, it's just like blood and stuff. This is, you know, the blade like piercing through the different layers of the eye and it's like clear gel and goo kind of like pour out and it's like this is too much. I 
No, just stop. <laughs> I can't look away, but I don't want to watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, 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 you can't look away. But uh, again, eighties uh, practical gore effects all around. Mm. All looked uh, fantastically disturbing. Is the way you can put it. it is disturbing yet fantastic. Plus some of the other gimmicks they put in later on. As we mentioned, we've got this one guy who shows up in the van who. Uh, takes advantage. Who, who just attacks this? Uh, the one who got away. Who you th- we're hoping would get away. Nope, she doesn't. Uh, she ends up getting uh, just brutally attacked and, and violated. Uh, but this guy, uh, who showed up, he's he's a servant of the killer, who we don't know at this time is the same as Mister Suave brother, um, and he was sent out to stop her so he could be free. Um, yeah, that's, that's the thing because he mentioned, that's why I was asking you if you had figured out that connection, right? Because what's, what's really disturbing isn't just the rape. It's the fact that right before he does this, um, I think it's like when he starts to choke her, Yeah, he's like saying, you know, they took, like, I had a daughter, she was 12 years old and they took her eyes or something like that, or like they Mm -hmm. did horrible things. And then next we cut, you know, when we cut back to them, he's like sexually assaulting her. I'm like, Dude, you just talked about you know how yeah. much you miss your twelve-year-old daughter, and what what are you doing? You know, it's I well get that maybe he felt it was his only chance to get away or something because he was in the thrall in thrall to this demon child. I don't know. It's it's that got really murky as to his relationship with that whole thing. Well, he shows up in just a short scene very early on with a ball gag in his mouth. So he's been at the facility for a while, held as a prisoner by our killer and he's let go to help stop them from escaping the 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 sexual assault part of it was by his own choice he's only supposed to kill her right but he decides as he says to take advantage of the situation because it's been so long and whatnot he's going to enjoy this uh unfortunately which almost implies maybe he was assaulted in some way as well it's hard to say with that you know not not necessarily sexually but definitely mentally he he's been severely abused oh yeah he's been put through the ringer but i'm just trying to think and i know when you're talking about horror movies as i've been told during the many discussions i've had on giallo films in the last few years (laughs) you start to think about it you're missing the point right yeah i feel like there needed to be some kind of connection but as we see the little kid uh Hideki or Hideki, yeah, he has a psychic control over his older brother in whom he's embedded, right? Right. It would have been interesting to see if he had had some kind of a hold on this, you know, rapist henchman guy. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, all right, yeah, we're, I'm going to send you out to make sure this girl doesn't leave. If I was that dude, I'd just be like riding in the back of the van till I got back to the city so I could be free. <laughs> <laughs> And where I was going with this, with the gimmick, was uh, leading up to this scene because this scene we come back to it a couple of times. You, it's just, it's brutal. It, it's ah, but he does get it because you know he was only supposed to kill her. So when the killer shows up, like to check up or whatever, uh, he ends up killing the guy. Uh, he gets killed. The girl tries to escape. And there's this crazy uh, kill. Her kill is 
wild because there's this metal metal wired noose that gets thrown around her neck and she gets dragged up over the van and then pulled on the other side and lands on her neck to break her neck and it and the way they do it with the effects why this kill it just makes you cringe and go oh my god is because how real it looks you're like where was the cut because she <laughs> she's up on top of the van scrambling and suddenly they pull and you watch the body fall in the head you hear the cr- and, and it doesn't look like a shitty dummy either. no it doesn't look no. like a shitty dummy at all and i'm just like whoa okay <laughs> Well, that's the other, there's that supernatural element to it, too, Mm -hmm. because the rapist guy, when he's on top of her, he, like a spike, flies from out of the woods somewhere through the the van and, like, impales in the back of the head. I think it comes through his mouth or something. Yeah, yeah. And then the garrote, the the metal noose or whatever, that just kind of, it's almost like God was going fishing. It just comes out of the sky (laughs) and and, and lifts her up and, and does that whole thing. We don't see... The killer comes in later to collect the bodies um, when Nami is hiding behind the the tires of the van. So it's unclear. Like, was that all? Well, we do doing that. We do see the killer's boots after he uh, after she gets her neck broke with the metal. We do see the killer's boots. We do. Uh, Okay, I I missed that part. Yeah, because in shock. Yeah, because the guy gets killed. This this poor woman goes through the hell before she gets killed uh the 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 the, um bolt goes through the guy's mouth and it bleeds all over oh yeah her that poor actress like i know it was just like you know food guy or whatever but But she had her mouth open as all this stuff like falling into her face wow yeah and then she tried to escape the van and that's where the 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 flying noose comes out but you do see the killer so you it is implied at least that he he threw it but he's only briefly there you can but, you can but, barely but it but it doesn't make any sense like how he was able to no manipulate or even oh no no there's yeah. a there's a i think there's an implied supernatural element which again i i i apologize to everyone i'm not that uh knowledgeable on this series but from watching the second one as well uh, that one kind of plays out, you know, where it's in kind of reality. There's a little bit of hinted at supernatural stuff, but you don't get like the wild, weird thing until the end that it's actually supernatural, you know, could be supernatural till the end. And it feels like that's that's what it was uh, going for here uh, as well, you know, is that you have this event and all of a sudden you get the weird supernatural part. Yeah, because we get the bolt scene later on. This. <laughs> This amazing scene that uh, Jigsaw would have went, I, w- I, w- I wish I would have thought of that. Um, he's like, now that's a game. So Nami, her one, her one friend appears to be alive near the end here. And uh, she's trapped in a room. And she's trying to find what room she's in. And they've painted up her friend's face and her friend's strapped to this table. Looks like something bad's going to happen to her. And Nami discovers what room she's in, but the door is locked, so she's trying to force the lock. Well, well we first get... she sees her friend on on the on, on the TVs. TVs, right, right, right. We and first... she's like she's calling to her. She's got her mm-hmm. mouth open. She's like, "Where? Come find me. Where are you?" But when we see where she actually is in that room, she's got the ball gag in her mouth for a very right. specific reason. Go, go ahead. Yes, 
thank you. Uh, yeah, th- so you got the closed circuit TV. So then uh, on the video, they tell her where to go. But yes, the girl actually has the ball gag, which again could be the supernatural element implied that that the, it played that video, you know, and uh, it the, the supernatural element to it could have been they played that video, even though she really has her ball gag, but she's but the supernatural ghost part on the video saying, oh, giving Nami direction of where she's at. Um, I just so, hope it wasn't the same ball gag that the, the, the other guy had. Other guy. Yeah. No, I think it's a different one. It was a different one. But yeah, anyways. We have, to, we have to tell that to ourselves in order yeah, to sleep we, at night. I, yeah, I'll, I'll tell. I, <laughs> that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I'm not going to go back and watch it which color it was and whatnot. I don't, <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, but, uh, so Nami finds the door and we get this wonderful shot of Nami uh, on the other side of the door as Nami's pushing, we get to see the inside of the room and we follow this cable and it's a beautiful shot. That's the thing. This film is wonderfully shot in Mm -hmm. so many ways. We get this camera and it just kind of follows the cable as Nami is continually to try to get in the room. So the cable's shaking and we see it. And also we see it's attached to the trigger of this crossbow that has a silver bolt that's pointed to her friend's head. Kind of, you know, uh, uh, doing the old William Tell thing. Um, and you're like, oh, crap. Well, Nami busts in. The bolt gets shot, but her friend is able to move her head out of the way. Oh, it's like, ah, you know, you got that. Hey, she 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 dodged the, the trap. She dodged the trap. And even Nami's like, oh, great. And she runs into the room and hits a second tripwire, which brings this machete down and oh. cuts into her friend's head and is slowly, because of the tension, slowly pushing its way further into her friend's head as she's staring at it. It's like, oh, my. Again, another very realistic, practical gimmick that just like how How? oh yeah yeah and they they really do spend the time to like watch these people bleed out uh i mean it's it's ghoulish but the effects are just you know they're they're really it's morbid but it's fun to watch you're like wow how are they how are they pulling this off i mean the actors do really good pretending to be dead because they don't they don't do these with with dummies the actors are just standing still Mm -hmm. while these tubes and you know all this blood is pouring out of them it's really quite impressive and in that in some respects that really does feel like it's hearkening back to some italian horror some of the way that the death and that you know and, and how the brutality and such of this some of that italian horror influences as well can be showing up in here uh you don't have the color but as far as the death you got the gloved killer you know you got sharp objects and such going on uh, we get a one shot of the killer holding the knife to where it's just the hand and the knife and it glints in the light type of thing. Mm. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. You know, there, there's some of that in here too. Uh, but that was just like the spear, the, the spearing, the, the first girl to actually get killed when after she finds the corpse. When she gets speared, I'm looking at going, how do they do that? Because the first one flies through it. You're like, okay, maybe a jump. There's kind of a jump cut there. But there's a second one that comes in from the side that goes through her side. And they've got like this medium shot. You can see it going in <laughs> and coming out. The only thing I can think of is they had squibs under her shirt and probably like a retractable blade on the spear. Right. But it it doesn't look like that's what's going on. 
<laughs> well, and then she so gets well the uh, and she gets the other one like through the through the neck types. It and the way it looks, I mean, it's brutal. Uh, but part of the brutality is how good it looks. Is is that's the effectiveness of it? Is because they put so much work into these effects in that it makes these kills extra brutal and and feel you, you feel for more and yeah you linger on some of these deaths for a while these aren't like quick oh you know oh killed and cut away like you get in a you know a lot of your slasher films from the west or whatnot no we, we stay on these deaths for a while um it and it's it's crazy and hey we got x-ray punch so glad you could join us and they're watching in, and they commented. They said, watched this years back. This flick was as if Clive Barker and Dario Argento collabed on a J-horror movie. And I think you've summed it up perfectly <laughs> as far as the tone and everything with it. Um, and, and he says, James Wad totally ripped this off for Malignant. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't put it past Hollywood for sure. Um, everything old is new. Everything old is new. But... Yeah, it's, I I love, it, it sounds bad when you see such a, a film with like brutal deaths and extreme, you say you love it, but I enjoy watching, uh, seeing films like this that are crafted, and part of the enjoyment is the crafting of the story, the surprises that they bring out, um, uh, you know, and, and that's what, surprise i always love finding films like this because you're just like this film isn't just effective it doesn't just have the gore but it's well made and the story it's telling it it makes some sense you don't get a lot of exposition but what you're presented is making sense you just have to be patient <laughs> yeah i mean there's not a giant exposition dump you know mm -hmm. even though at the end we've got the it's the ending of the first Friday the 13th where the girl wakes up in the hospital and there's the detective there. And I, it, all he had to say was, ma'am, we didn't find any boy, but he practically says it. <laughs> um, they found the corpse of the older brother, but not the, you know, Heideki. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I criticize this movie for kind of taking this lull for like 45 minutes. I think part of it is because it's the first time I'd watched it. You've got mm -hmm. this great forward momentum, like the first half hour or so of this movie is packed. It's just like set up, you know, creepy place, kill, 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 which could be the name of a, a movie itself. <laughs> creepy but place, then, kill, kill, kill. <laughs> right. But then when Nami runs into our mystery suave guy, really slows down. I mean, there's occasional it does, you know, yeah. jumps or twists mm -hmm. and turns here, but it isn't until we get the reveal of the, well, the reveal of the killer. Turns out, yes, it's mm -hmm. Mr. Suave. And, and then the reveal of the monster that things get back on that escalatory path. It's like we take a 40-minute breather in the middle of this mayhem before we get back into the mayhem, and even the mayhem gets, you know, chaotic. <laughs> uh, so it finishes strong, Maybe if I watch this again, I'll mm -hmm. know what I'm getting into. I'll be like, okay, here's where it kind of gets a little different. It's not bad. It's just kind of rhythmically out of place with the rest of it. it. It does it does slow down. I mean, things are still moving forward, but you're right. Uh, as far as action and, and crazy things happening and all of that, it does slow down a bit. But I I don't mind that bit because, again, we're we're spending a little more time with our characters at least, and we're not just 
you don't off most of your cast within the first 20 minutes of the film, like some horror films do, where you have a cast of eight kids or whatnot or people, and suddenly you get the one scene where like four of them are dead, and suddenly you're stuck with like two people for like 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> what I I love the is this is right before I think the slowdown happens, mm-hmm. um, but Nami discovers one of her friends dead or something like that Mm -hmm. um and then all of a sudden she starts getting shot at by with these nails that go into this you know kind of plasterboard wall behind her yeah that's after the crossbow scene yeah okay that's in that same room yeah yeah okay she basically gets like pinned to the wall and then she makes her way you know off of these nails and then she starts giving this triumphant, like, ha, you thought you could break me. Well, you're never going to break me, and I'm going to kick your ass or whatever. And all of a sudden, like, we almost get this POV shot of this other nail, like, coming at, like, shooting her in the leg. And then we just see the killer standing in the doorway, and he kind of, like, shrugs and then, like, walks away. <laughs> like, no, you're not that great. I no, still have the home no. field advantage. <laughs> it's just, like, darkly comic it, it it is a little comical. It's like ha ha, and it, it's like like ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, those are the other crossbow bolts, which again I think leads to your supernatural element of of some of the kill weapons because he's not really holding a crossbow bolt, but the bolts come out of nowhere, just like the the wire uh, garrot, the flying garrot uh, did. And uh, yeah, X-ray punch. It's what we were saying is that uh, he said uh, James Wad totally ripped this off for malignant. And he says that everyone mentions basket cakes for malignant, but he said nah, it was this film. And he's part another reason with X-ray punches says, uh, you think this movie is gonna go uh be one way, and then it totally goes off the deep end, the final third of it. And X-ray, you're right. Uh, it does, and that's what I love about it, is that this story, you think it's gonna be the supernatural ghost kid. We got we got evil dead vision in here, which implies supernatural that it's borrowing from evil dead you know the movie with the with the moving through with the black and white vision uh and then we find out no it's it's a it's a growth on the guy and you're just like well i didn't see that coming of of all the things i saw coming didn't see that and i liked how they they gave at least some purpose too to where some films like this won't give a purpose of why the deaths are going on or why this this individual was drawn here, but we find out that she's drawn to this group because she looks like the mom of uh, uh, Heideke and uh, the brother, the the suave brother. Um, Did we ever get a name for this suave brother? Um, I, I forgot his ever... name. I had notes, but I accidentally saved over him. I apologize, but I did have notes. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I'm. I know he's got a character name. It's probably on IMDb, but I don't remember him ever introducing himself or anyone ever like referring to him. He's just kind of there. Yeah, I I'm not sure, and I don't even think he's credited at least on uh, um, uh, on IMDb. I'm not quite sure, but uh, I, it, I, go ahead. I was gonna say real quick. I wanted to uh, pull over real quick and say X-ray punch. I love your avatar. <laughs> that's taken from the uh, the Polish movie poster for Ridley Scott's Alien. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I had to look it up real quick because at first I thought it was The Thing because I recognized that image. But, yeah, that's uh, that's those lovely Polish movie it's, posters. It's, uh, Polish movie posters are awesome. Um, but, 
yeah it, it's so it's it's just interesting where it goes with the body horror it adds in here and there's this wonderful action piece where she's going against uh, uh, the the brother because the suave brother dies and Hideki uh, comes out after her. She thinks she's taken care of it. Didn't work. Hideki comes out and starts flying around at her. And she's like, oh, crap. Um, explosions. There's fire. Mad props to the actors, the performers in this film because this there's stuff blowing up next to her sparking and shit. well there's that there's the scene where she is uh trapped in this you know giant room and there yeah as you mentioned there's sparks and it almost look like firecrackers and like little explosions yeah. going off and the sprinkler system is activated I wrote this note down in my notebook. It looked like this was a dangerous scene to film. <laughs> it did. Like, I, I felt like the 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 reactions of the actress was probably like, are you fucking sure this is okay, guys? Because I feel like this might be my last scene ever. Um, but yeah, there, I mentioned Alien a second ago. The birth scene, uh, if you want to call it that, of Heideki when he finally reveals himself reminded me of a specific scene in the first alien where I think it's when Veronica Cartwright is about to buy it and you see the alien head coming up and it's, yeah. it's kind of like raining in that scene and it's sort of coming up over her shoulder and it's all slimy and, and weirdly lit. Cross that with Freddy's birth scene from Nightmare on Street 4 in the junkyard, which came out the same year as this. Right. Like you put those two together aesthetically and you get like a drawn out version <laughs> as he comes out of his brother's body and starts, he's all slimy and you don't get a really good look at him. So it's mysterious and weird. Mm -hmm. Again, chef's kiss. It is a chef's kiss. The fact that you don't really get to see at any real point, point the full body you get glimpses you get ideas of of this uh you know mutant brother if you but you don't actually ever see it fully at one point an umbilical comes around and wraps around her neck you're like holy crap because <laughs> it's great because uh Hideki's jumping around and we got a view earlier of these uh, explosive chemicals in here paint thinner and that that they've been using to dispose of bodies you you get the idea anyway he's over there and she shoots the explosive which again another wonderful beat the trope uh, uh moment is that she gets the gun at one point and someone asked her oh do you have experience and where a lot of times it would be like oh no or whatever she goes oh no i have our crew filmed in the philippines and so and i'm like Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, we went to a shooting range. In the we went to that's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So she had at least some experience with a gun. Well, I'm like, well, that's a little different. And it shows up later because she blows up the container. She thinks she gets Hideki, but then Hideki wraps this <laughs> umbilical cord around her neck because he jumped up into the ceiling fan. <laughs> and and then the suave brother, uh, who's almost dead, manages to reabsorb. We think. Hi, Decky. But it's a horror film, so you know, you know. It, it's one of those things where in a horror film, when you get a scene like you do here where you think the brother has vanquished Hideki by bringing him back into his body as he died, which does, isn't the case because he shows up again and they got to catch, light him on fire. 
<laughs> he's all charred and weird looking. He's yeah. all Ugh. charred and coming at her and weird looking and he gets knocked out a window and falls over and it just shatters. I mean, this whole, this is not a quick dispatch of your final villain. This battle between our final girl and the villain goes on for a lengthy time for, for what it is, you know, uh, uh, this guy doesn't die easy, you know, and in the many films where I was going with this, he falls over. She looks out. She sees the, des- you know, the smashed body dissolve, burnt all, all the crisp. Yay. And then she goes walking through the, uh, you know, sprinkler system. And then she like passes out or whatnot. I think they find her, uh, later in the hospital or we cut to the hospital. I'm like, if we didn't cut to the hospital, I'd say she was okay. The minute we go to the <laughs> hospital, I go, she's got the b- mutant somewhere in her. I'm like, the are mutants in here. We cut to the hospital and everything's fine. I'm like, especially when the detective goes, we never found the Hideki. And I'm like, ah, shit. I'm like, crap, <laughs> crap, shit, shit, crap. When's it coming out? Where is it? Come on. <laughs> And that's the one note against this movie that yeah. I've got. Aside from that middle section, which they could have chopped 10 minutes off and it would have been fine. This movie is an hour 40. It could have been an hour 30. Hour 30, yeah. Um, but at the end, it's enough... Because uh, I, I want to give the actress her due. Um, Nami is played by Miyuki Ono. Fantastic. Fan- she does a great job of when she realizes that this thing is inside of her... She starts choking and like clawing at her neck, and like her shirt's kind of open, and you can see, you know, some bandages and stuff. And she's just like ripping at herself. And at one point, she collapses against a wall and starts to slide down. And I thought if she slid down out of frame and it just cut to black, that's all the information you need. She's been infected by this thing mm-hmm. or whatever, and it's gonna, you know, maybe start compelling her to kill people. Instead, we get, I mean, I thought the tastelessness hit its peak uh, during the, the van rape scene. No, no. no. <laughs> she she gives birth to this thing, and at first, like, that's coming out awfully low to be bursting out of her chest. Oh, no, it's underneath her skirt, yeah. isn't it? And, and it's coming up between her legs, and it's mm-hmm. even doing this weird, like, rocking back and forth motion, and then it says, Mommy, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Writer, Director, work out your issues somewhere else. This is supposed to be mass entertainment. Well, now Hideki, instead of being a sibling, is a a, a child of the person. Uh, though I I would suspect Nami uh, would would end up killing. I think right after that, you see her killing the the mutant baby if she survived. I- I don't know if she can. It's like, because yeah. it had some kind of a psychic hold over its, it's older true. brother. Um, it's true. So I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Yeah, the end, the very very end. I was hoping it would end a little bit differently, but um, you know, you kind of, it, it especially for an '80s horror film. You kind of like okay, that's that's kind of your standard. But up until that point, you know even with the extreme stuff in here, this is a well-crafted horror film, I think. Yeah. It's, and it's, you know, I was kind of teasing you about, like, how, how can they have all these Evil Dead movies that don't have anything to do with, like, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead? Mm-hmm. But so far, these have been some great discoveries that I was not 
aware of. And there's, it kind of suffers from that problem, like Evil Dead Trap. It sounds like a generic, like knockoff movie, but it right. really is its own thing. Like if you called this, you know, Haunted Brothers or something like, that, you know, just take that expectation away from it. I think this would be more on people's radar than it is. I, yeah, I, I think it would possibly be, you know, I think part of it is the extremism of it um, turns some people off. So that's probably why it may not be discussed as much. And I know what we're saying. You're like, well, extremism. I mean, you get slashers like Jason, and I'm like, no, no. I'm like, no, if, no. If, <laughs> if you watch, if you've watched any, especially the 80s, early 90s, the, the number that I've watched anyway of extreme Asian uh, horror uh, cinema. No, nothing that you saw in the the West, <laughs> in Western slasher films, is really comparable to the level that they take things and how good it looks, which adds that extra level of disturbance to it. Another film that I bring up quite a bit that our good friend Doc introduced me to, which actually unearthed uh, films now put out as well, is Dr. Lamb. Dr. Lamb is a film that is got a little comedy worked in. It's a crime procedural more than a horror film, but uh, interesting concept, and it's got some brutally extreme kills at one point. Uh, basically, it's about a ca taxi cab driver who is fine until it starts raining, and then he wigs out and becomes a psychotic killer. Uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's another wild one, man. And it's got a bit of crime procedural in it and uh, horror elements. Yeah, so Dr. Lamb is another one of those. But of the ones that I've watched, you know, it's just a different approach. It's it's really, you know, going for it and, and not just doing the shock, like, haphazardly. There is, there is you know, there's work put into how realistic it looks because they want it to be impactful. They want it to stick with you, and it will. Um, I know the eye scene alone in the first 10 <laughs> minutes of this film, I'm just like, oh, my God, because I've dissected a cow eye in biology, and I'm just like, that is way too real. You know, and even the scene, the way they do it, there's some twitching above and below the eye as it's being stabbed, so it it really almost looks like someone's getting jabbed in the eye. Just well, I, and that's the, I think that's what makes me so squeamish is even the, the many ways that they shoot this, it never looks like, oh, here's where they bring in the fake eye. No. <laughs> Always looks like you really freak someone out by dissecting their eye for the sake of cinema. <laughs> the, there's uh, not much trivia on this. One bit of trivia is Japanese porn stars were used in the filming of this movie, uh, which is interesting because uh, if that's the case, they're, they've actually have some acting chops. So uh, because these characters, uh, the acting in here is solid as well. The, you know, I watched the... Uh, uh, the subtitled version, and I'm glad I did because you get the authentic performances, and there's there's solid performances for a horror film in this movie too. Uh, yeah, I mean that that surprised me. Although I wonder if 
maybe if they're more comfortable doing that, uh, the extreme like nudity and and you know rough stuff. If that's like, oh yeah, this is this is a Tuesday. Yeah, this is <laughs> I, I, this isn't nearly as bad as the last film I did. I don't know. It's hard to say, but yeah, uh, Evil Dead Trap. Uh, your final thought with it? You know, check it out. I, there's uh, it's on YouTube. It, it looked it didn't look like it was ripped. It looked like there's some I don't know if it was the horror channel or you know some yeah. like something they have it up. So and it, it was a decent transfer. So definitely check it out. Um, it's not for the faint of heart, but you know as we've mentioned, we've talked about Saw and The Ring and mm-hmm. you know Basket Case and, and a whole bunch of other movies that if not explicitly influenced by this. You can watch this movie and see where other people have taken similar concepts in other mm-hmm. directions that got a lot more notoriety notoriety in the mainstream than this movie did. Yeah, I agree. And uh, actually, it's on Amazon Prime as well. Uh, just recently, oh. I think it just got put on there. Uh, so you could watch it there as well. But um, if you got Amazon Prime, it looks like it's free if you got with Prime. Uh, cool. But yeah, I agree. You know... We've said it before, and I will. I will always advocate: don't be afraid to watch older films. If nothing else, you can see where influences came from. I've heard about this film talked about in many, uh, you know, horror talks and that, and people talk about, uh, you know, horror films. And just looking at this, if it didn't directly influence these filmmakers, it may have, un, you know, subconsciously. But there's a lot of things in here that you will find familiar and the the approach though and the way this film plays out is is uh interesting it's got weight to it it's got you know thought put into it it's not just extreme for extreme it's not just these people aren't there just as fodder and yeah uh i i recommend it quite a bit uh definitely a solid film in Evil Dead Trap from 1988. So there you have it, folks. Thank you, X-Ray Punch, and all of those that have tuned into our live broadcast. Love the chat. Uh, always great to get interaction with our audience. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very cool. And uh, to our listeners, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this conversation as well. And again, here is our chance to give the license to shill to Mr. Ian Simmons so you could find out where all of his fantastic stuff is at. Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, I'm Ian Simmons. I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com. You can also find me on YouTube. Just look up Kicking the Seat on YouTube. Um, we do you know interviews and movie reviews and roundtables and all that good fun stuff. Uh, in fact, next week I'll be breaking my comic book movie moratorium to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. What? Quantumania. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, all sorts of fun stuff going on there. So check it out. Although it does, it is a bit telling that the fact that you don't really need to watch anything since you've watched the Loki series till now to know what's going on <laughs> In Quantumania tells you a that's, lot about Phase Four. Uh. It tells me that they're trying to skip over most of Phase Four <laughs> and just go forward. And just go yeah. forward. Yes, we'll go forward, forward. everyone out there. Uh, join us next week. Uh, just to drop it now uh, for those of you who do tune into the live show. As always, we appreciate it. But uh, we will be moving tonight. We're recording on a Monday night. Uh, coming in March. 
that will be our regular night. We are still Tuesday the next two weeks, but after that, what, starting in March, we will be Monday nights, same bat time, 9.30 p.m. Central Time, but on Monday nights instead of Tuesday because I'm old. So we'll just put it that way. I'm old. <laughs> I, I get up real early for work on Wednesdays, and yeah. So in March, uh, begins with M, think of it, uh, look for us live Monday nights at 9.30 p.m. Central Time where I don't know what March's theme is going to be. It all depends on what the Wheel of Random will give us next week when we talk about another Perfect Ten film. And by Perfect Ten, I mean it's celebrating its 10th anniversary, just like we are this year. And we're looking at the Evil Dead remake 2013. And we and made... it's in keeping with our theme of having nothing to do with the Evil Dead. <laughs> Well, we will see how that conversation goes next week, folks. Uh, so tune in for that there. That will be Tuesday night. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, subscribe and all that fun stuff on our YouTube channel as well as on our podcast here. And we're found wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, we will just say good night, everyone. Good night. Hey everyone, looking for more Spoiler Room goodness? Then head on over to patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions where you can get access to even more wonderful podcast content. Hear the conversation that happens before the live broadcast. You can also get access to an exclusive VIP episode that you vote on that's especially for you or get early access to all our videos on YouTube plus more. So check it out there, folks. And the more you do there, the more we can do here. And remember, with the Spoiler Room, the conversation is fresh, uh, but we do spoil the movies.